So good morning again to New Hope Chapel Sunday morning worship service. My sermon this morning is simply entitled Daniel. And my text is from the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verses 1 through 28. And my message is that Daniel was successful because God designed and planned to make Daniel the person that we know today. God does the same for us. You know, the sanctification process is God molding and forming us to his specifications. Pray with me in the spirit of Psalm 1914. Dear Lord, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. You know, about 588 B.C., the prophet Jeremiah wrote a letter to the exiles in Babylon, which would have included Daniel. Let me read a verse from that letter where Jeremiah is giving an encouraging news to a people who are in a very desperate and hostile situation. In Jeremiah 29.7, God says, But seek the welfare of the city, where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. See, Daniel would have heard these words when he was a teenager. And it does seem that Daniel heeded these words quite well. And the passage that we're focusing on this morning is one of the most famous passages in the Bible and is usually entitled, Daniel and the Lion's Den. And the story comes about 60 to 70 years after Daniel would have read the story from Jeremiah. So at this point in his life, Daniel is in his 80s. And while we will talk later about Daniel's character, it's safe to say that Daniel's welfare over the last 60 to 70 years had come about because, as Jeremiah 29.7 suggested, he cared about the welfare of the Babylonians, which could not have come easy. They were, after all, his enemies. He and others had been captured and made a slave. It's not the kind of life you would have hoped for. But Daniel stays remarkably faithful to God, and God stays faithful to Daniel. So this morning, let's take a look and see what God is doing in Daniel's life and how Daniel and God continue to unfold together in this drama of redemption. But first, <clears throat> let's review a summary of this entire chapter 6, verses 1 through 28. See, Daniel rises to power as one of three kingdom leaders, and King Darius wants to put him in charge of the entire country. And the other officials are jealous, and they want to get rid of Daniel. But because they can't find anything to fault Daniel in, they believe they have to focus on Daniel's faith in God somehow. And so the officials conspire against Daniel by getting the king to make an irreversible decree that states that no god may be worshipped except for King Darius. See, they obviously knew that Daniel was devoted to his god probably remembering his faithfulness to God during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel finds out about the decree, but nevertheless he continues 
his regular daily habit of prayers to God three times a day. And the officials find out, and they tell the king. And Darius is greatly distressed and looks for a way to rescue Daniel, but he can't. Daniel is then cast into a den full of hungry lions. And just prior to that, Darius had said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. The king then goes to his room, but he can't sleep that night. The next morning, the king comes in to check in on Daniel and finds him alive. Daniel says, An angel of the Lord shut the lion's mouths. Darius then commands that those who conspired against Daniel be cast into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And finally, King Darius makes a decree for all of the people to worship Daniel's true and living God, the God who delivers and rescues, the God who works signs and wonders. Daniel then goes on and continues to prosper. Well, let's transition to our sermon. For the next few minutes, let's take a look at the three pillars in Daniel's life. And these are the character that God forms in the life of Daniel. Two, the faith that God instills in Daniel. And three, how God nurtures his relationship with Daniel. And by the way, God does the same for all believers. As we go through these, I want to try and make crystal clear that Daniel is not the hero of this story. God is the hero of this story. God is the hero of every story in the Bible. Why won't I say, be like Daniel? Well, the answer is super important as we try to understand the Bible and understand the people whom God has chosen to put into the Bible. So first, don't be like Daniel. Because Daniel is nothing without his covenant God. Does Daniel have an impeccable character? Yes. But it's because God has put his excellent spirit within him. Verse 3. Secondly, you can't be like Daniel. Every one of us is unique. Therefore, 99.9% of us would have failed the lion's test. We probably would have caved within 30 days. We would have rationalized our faith and tried to save our lives. And nor would we have passed the fiery furnace test. We probably wouldn't have made the 1,600-mile march trip from Jerusalem to Babylon to begin with. But listen, God didn't plan on these circumstances in our lives, so he didn't have to prepare any of us for them. Thirdly, you don't want to be like Daniel. God wants you to be like Jesus. Yes, Daniel had qualities and a character emulate, and as a faithful covenant follower, Daniel is a good role model, but Daniel is not Jesus Daniel cannot save you. He couldn't save himself. Daniel cannot sanctify you. He's dead while Christ is alive and living in you. If we were to look at the heroes of the Bible and prayed, O oh Lord, 
Make me like Abraham, who had faith to leave his homeland and follow you to the Holy Land, but who lied about his wife being his sister and gave her over to Pharaoh to do as he pleased. Or make me like Noah, built the ark and saved his family from destruction, thus preserving humanity, but also got drunk and exposed his naked body to his kids. Or make me like Moses, who led the people out of Egypt, made water come from a rock, crossed the Red Sea, and killed someone in cold blood. Or make me like David, who conquered his enemies and slayed the giant Goliath, but who committed adultery with Bathsheba and then killed her husband as a cover-up. Or make me like Paul, who was a godly man and the greatest church planter, but who also strategically persecuted the Christians, overseeing the execution of Stephen. Need I say more? Jesus is the only true Bible hero. Only Jesus can make your prayer life deeper. Only Jesus can help you understand the scripture. Only Jesus can lift you out of your pit of despair. Only Jesus can calm your anxious heart. Only Jesus can console you when you lose a loved one. Only Jesus can cause you to be more like him. Only Jesus has the ability and power to save and sanctify you. Only Jesus can forgive all of your sins because only Jesus died for those sins. And it is only Jesus who rose from the dead. And it is only Jesus who sits on that throne and rules over all creation now and forever. So if Daniel is not a Bible hero, then what is he? Daniel is a man indwelled with the Holy Spirit who is being used by God to carry out God's redemptive purposes. So let's take a look at how God forms. First, Daniel's character, the first of three pillars. God had been working in Daniel since before he was born. Just like God has been in your, working in your life before you were born. Listen, Psalm 139 says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Amen? Listen, God has sovereignly ordained the events that would take place in Daniel's life, and he formed his character to enable and equip Daniel to deal with very specific situations and circumstances that Daniel would encounter. First, Daniel was given strong leadership skills, and therefore Daniel was consistent in his prayer life. Daniel was willing to worship, was not willing to worship any other god. Daniel would not allow the godless culture around him to steer him off his path. Daniel found favor with all of the people, and those in authority over him loved him. Daniel had obviously been working for the welfare of the Babylonians and was so trusted by the king 
that Darius was going to make him ruler over his whole kingdom. Secondly, Daniel was given the courage to stand his ground in the face of two gruesome executions. The character that Daniel had was instilled in him specifically for the purposes of his life challenges. God knew what Daniel would need, and he made sure that he had it. And God also graciously allowed Daniel to participate in the process by getting his faith from God all along the way. God does the same thing for us. The sanctification process where God forms your godly character has been specifically designed to fit every day of your life. Personally, I know I would be a homeless criminal and destitute right now if it weren't for the grace of God. But God put his spirit in my life to survive a dysfunctional family, people that wanted to destroy my life and my career, bouts of depression and anxiety, and a whole slew of daily issues. Everybody's read the quote, God won't give you more than you can handle. Yes, he does. He does give you more than you can handle. So you will put your trust in him and glorify him through the whole process. God wants our faith to be in him and not in ourselves or our circumstances. Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, I can do those things that God puts before me that are impossible, but I can do them in Christ who strengthens me. Which leads us to discuss the faith God instilled in Daniel, the second of three pillars. The faith that God instilled in Daniel led him to live a life of continual service, as King Darius put it. Daniel had a deep and personal faith in order to survive the ordeal that he did. He had to have it. Daniel's faith was in a personal God, and he had an intimate relationship with the true and living God. Not a statue, nor a human but rather a mighty God who had proved himself over and over and over again. God had been strengthening Daniel's faith over the 80 years of his life. He experienced the provision of God from youth to exile, from the fiery furnace through the reign of crazy king Nebuchadnezzar to interpreting dreams and being promoted to the highest positions and then to the lion's den. One of the things I have done, which I would recommend to you, is reflect about how God has moved in my life over the years and matured me into the person that I am today. And it was a great sacrifice, great exercise, rather, in, in seeing the hand of God at work, mainly through people. God used specific people at specific times in my life that helped me along in my spiritual journey and strengthened my faith. Some helped me to understand the grace of God. Others helped me to understand the scriptures. Some helped me to understand how adventurous things with each other came together and bound us together. And some sat in the ashes with me. See, God used tragedy and so many other circumstances and people in my life to strengthen my faith. And I would also add 
that my wife, God's gift, has also been used by the Holy Spirit in sanctifying me, for sure. How God is strengthening our faith. You might ask yourself, has God been strengthening your faith and how? What circumstances are you facing that you know God has prepared you for? Who is in your life today, right now, that you can call to come alongside you and show you the next step? There is Jesus, obviously. But Jesus works in and through individuals to strengthen and to help you. And he works in groups, like small groups, like community groups. The people who are most vulnerable are the people who have not surrounded themselves with godly people. Understanding Daniel's faith moves us in the obvious direction of seeing God's intimate relationship with Daniel. And so consider Daniel's relationship with God, the third of three pillars. We've already said that it was God that formed Daniel's character and God who instilled in him the faith that he would need to survive his trials. But I also want, want us to see how personal and steadfast God was with Daniel. Now, of course, Daniel had to participate in the process. Daniel was called to be obedient and to persevere, and so are we. Now, Daniel's response to the decree of not being allowed to worship any god other than King Darius, his response was to pray. Daniel 6.10, our, our text states, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem, got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. See, David knew which friend to call on when he was over his head. Daniel had a consistent prayer life. He was devoted to the Lord. And I really believe that Daniel's prayers were not just done out of duty, but out of delight. And we've seen this repeated many times throughout Scripture. We know that the key to a strong and healthy relationship is communication, which is exactly what prayer is. See, Daniel and God related on a personal level. And I don't think that when Daniel went into his room after he heard the decree, that he just went in saying his prayers. There's a big difference in just saying your prayers and speaking with God one-on-one -on -one through prayers. You may sit next to your ch children at bedtime and tell them to say their prayers. But I would challenge you to ask your children to speak their hearts to God with their own words, with their own feelings and desires. Teach your children to relate to God as a gracious father or a trusted friend. He is both. You know, some vacationing Christians in the Holy Land don't actually feel that holiness. You have Muslims, Christians, Catholics, Jews. They all seem to be just saying their prayers and not communicating with a caring, loving, joyful God whom they call friend. Some pray at the wailing wall 
some at the corner of the Whaley Wall, because they think that is the closest place to where the Holy of Holies was in the temple before it was destroyed in 70 AD. It's like, put on this shawl and pray. Wrap these straps around your body. Put this little hat on. Light a candle. Pray to the saints. Stand here, stand there, hold this cross. And of course, everyone could hear the call to prayer to Allah over the loudspeakers which are everywhere. I'm thinking to myself, you really don't need all that stuff. God is listening wherever you are. He's listening to you no matter what you are wearing or if you're kneeling or standing or juggling beads. God wants you in your heart not a ritual, not a chant, or road prayers that you have memorized. God wants you to speak to him in your own words, in your own ways. God loves it when you don't wait for a specific time, but rather when you walk and you talk with him throughout the day. And in conclusion, this morning, as you ponder this truly miraculous story, of God's rescue of Daniel from the lion's den. Worship this faithful God. Embrace the growth that he has caused in your spiritual walk and realize that he has a plan for you to be involved in his story of redemption. We're connected to Daniel through this mighty covenant God who has proven his faithfulness over the centuries to the sinners in the Bible, to the sinners in this room, and to the sinners in this live streaming. Praise be to God, who has sent Jesus to rescue us and give us a new and abundant life. Amen. Service is over. A thought for the weak to ponder. Daniel had a character to emulate, a good role model. God worked with him. You have your own character to develop. God works with you to make you what he designed. Yes, biblical characters are good role models, but they just prove God's handiwork. You will too. So remember to give praise and glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as we continue to worship the one true God. Amen.